And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. Time to talk everything finance with Luke Smith from Envision Financial. Good afternoon. How are we? Very well, thank you. And as you've just mentioned off the air, it's Friday again suddenly. It, you just and blink and we're here back we here. Are again. But yep. I like Fridays. Fridays. Fridays are the best days of the week. No, big best fan of Friday. Week. Big fan of Friday. Absolutely. Uh, and not just because we get to sit around and chat about finance, <laughs> which is always good. No, it means we've, we've battled through four other days and... Now we're being rewarded for the upcoming weekend where the sun will actually The work. sun will actually shine this weekend, which is very nice. I'm looking forward to the weekend. I know sometimes uh, Fridays, uh, I say, are uh, the best day of the week because they have all the thrill of anticipation, none of the disappointment of reality, because sometimes when you wake up on Saturday, the reality isn't always that great. Especially with the weather we've had in the last month. That's right. But this weekend, <laughs> the weather's looking good. I think all things being well, we might have a pleasant weekend. Today's Don't. topic... I think we've touched on this before, but today's topic is can I retire and go back to work? Well, mm. some people would say, well, what's the point of that? Oh, I thought the whole idea of retiring was you don't have to work. Well, and again, I think this is really a conversation I'm having more and more with people in light of what they're finding out about COVID and being able to stay home and fill their days and retirement for those that are not far from it. They've had a little window into what it could look like and they're actually not that flash about what it could mean for them. Um, so I think the most important thing we can have going forwards is a, is a positive attitude towards what retirement means. And last week we talked about how, what and, and, and when you can do it and the things to consider. And I wanted to touch today on going back because for many years it's been perceived as a bit of a dirty word, like you yep. didn't have enough super or you made some bad choices, when in actual fact I'm pro people going back and doing something that they have some interest in, that they have some knowledge in, that they could help train. And and if you can find something that you like doing and someone's going to pay you a few bucks to do it, for me it's just another resource to be able to fund the way you want to live. In a way it's kind of an extension of that old saying, find something that you love doing and you will never work a day in your life. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, you're doing what you love doing and the fact that you get paid for it is just a bonus. Yeah. Why should that be any different if you happen to be officially retired? Well, you know, I look at my father, okay? He's had an extremely successful career in football. He's been very fortunate to see some amazing things like World Cups and Olympics and, and, and the pinnacle of his industry. And at early 70s, decided the other day to to mentor somebody a couple of days a week because he has an interest in that and it's it's a love that he will have to the day that he's no longer with us. Yeah. And he's exactly what you just said in, well, you've done something you would have done for free for 50 years of your life. Indeed. And, and I think people need to remember that that's great and we also need the engagement and the stimulation to be able to get out of bed and do something because as people, I find we want to be part of something. And a lot of the social interaction that we have over our working life is with our colleagues in the workplace. Exactly. And if we choose to then leave and make ourselves a hermit at home, you either have an outcome where you switch your brain off and your body says, well, you don't need me anymore, Mm -hmm. and you see people die very quickly, unfortunately, or... Literally dying of boredom. (laughs) Correct. Or you then end up bored, you've got nobody to play with, and I've seen people go back into a government department that they counted the days for 20 years to get out of mm-hmm. because they miss their friends and 
whether they need the money or not, it gives them some purpose. So working's not a bad thing. Mm. It's the, something the, people should The consider. other thing that sometimes happens is that uh, you, uh, you look forward to retirement. The day finally comes and then you go and spend all your days at home and if you're fortunate enough to be married, mm. you, you get on the nerves of your other half. Oh. <laughs> Someone famously said to me many, many years ago, we got married for love, yeah. not for lunch. <laughs> um, and I think that still reigns true today <laughs> because it's one of the battles that, that part of a couple... Mm-hmm. You know, have to address when you you change the environment that you've worked in because we are repetitive humans. We we do the same thing pretty much every day, and we've done it for many many years. And going back to work is something that people should consider for a range of reasons. And some of the big ones are funding large capital purchases, yeah, living the way you want to live, having that social engagement and and some purpose in relation to getting up out of bed. And I'm not saying retire and then jump back into fifty hours a week. Oh. But you might be able to pop in somewhere and, and, and earn a couple of dollars doing two days a week work. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the perennial question that I always get is, do I have enough? Yeah. Or how much do I need? Yeah. Um, and I often say to people, well, I'll give you a choice. Save me $500,000 or earn $25,000 a year working part-time. Which one's easier? Well, generally speaking, working part-time. Exactly, which illustrates that $500,000 invested at 5% will generate $25,000 a year without touching capital. Yeah. Or have some social engagement. You love playing the guitar. Go and teach some kids how to play the guitar two days a week. Earn $25,000 and use that for your holiday if we can ever travel again Yes, and, and get on a plane and, and, and have the, the bucket list ready and say, well, how are we going to fund these things yeah. and do them in a, in a timely manner? Because I generally say to people, from late 50s to early 70s, that's your window to really have a crack mm-hmm. because I find – Mid-70s and up, decisions start to get made for you. Right. Could be mentally, could be physically. Could be the fact that you can't get travel insurance, so you may not want to go to America. Mm -hmm. So if you want to know that you can do your bucket list and live the way you want to live for that window of time of, you know, 15-odd years, then make sure you've got the resources or the ability to fund what you want to do. All right, now you've sold me, but I'm sure there are some practical things we need to consider uh, if, if we decide to retire but would like to spend some of our time doing some work, earn a little bit of extra pocket money, yep. whether you consider it beer money or money for a rainy day or yep. money for a holiday fund or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you think that sounds like a great idea, uh, I'm sure there are some rules and regulations here we're going to need to keep in mind. Correct. So the big question I always get is, well, how much tax will I pay on it? Right. And that really comes back to saying, how are you funding your lifestyle with the assets that you've accumulated? And generally speaking, people have amassed a significant amount of money in superannuation. Leading into your upcoming retirement, people have added money to superannuation to get the value as high as they can because anything that's drawn after the age of 60 is tax-free. So if you, you could be drawing $100,000 out of your super fund and paying no tax and going out and earning $25,000 a year working part-time. With some general tax principles there, obviously we're not going <laughs> to... There's our first, obviously, for the week. <laughs> and we, I didn't even we notice. Were, we were going so I well. I didn't even notice. You can earn $18,000 and pay no tax. Sometimes, obviously, is the you know, appropriate word. Could be. <laughs> um, so 
you can have $100,000 out of your super fund, $25,000 of wages. And the answer is you'll pay a minimal amount of tax. Yeah. People shouldn't be caught up on how much tax will I pay because there are strategies that you can employ to reduce the amount of income tax that you that you are going to incur if you do go back and work. So, and if I remember correctly, if you're earning $18,000, you'll pay no tax at all. Exactly. And that's what I mean. From 18 to 25, in that example, mm. you're going to pay very little. Yeah. So don't be driven by how much tax will I pay. Be driven by would I benefit from the additional cash flow and will it give me that engagement and that interaction that I'm seeking to be part of something. Now, to be able to access your superannuation, you would have had to have met a condition of release. Right. So you've met your Commonwealth preservation age, which is the age the government sets depending on the year that you're born to be able to access your super. So for all the young people out there born after 1965, it's a flat 60. Um, and depending if you're born earlier than that, it'll tier from 55 to 60 depending on your date of birth. Right. So you need to meet that condition of release, access your superannuation, because obviously then you're going to decide to go back to work. Another thing people should think about is how they are employed. Because you need to consider your broader asset base and you may have a company, you may have been self-employed, you may have a family trust, you may have superannuation, you may have assets in your own name. You may have a spouse that is still in the workforce working full-time. So how you're employed, whether you're a sole trader, an employee of your own company, a salaried employee of the people that are, are going to engage you to do something, understanding how your money is generated and the way that you remit your tax is very important. And people should consider that because they may decide to go and work for multiple entities. So having the right structure in place is very important. And people should seek some specific advice from their accountant in relation to how to do that. I'm going to say something very naughty here. What if you just say, uh, give me some cash and I won't tell anybody? Does that still happen? <laughs> you better believe it happens. Well, I'm going to let that one go through to the keeper. <laughs> because you're not supposed to do that, obviously. Well, And if somebody does offer to pay you cash, obviously, yes, you still declare it and keep everything of above, course. above of board. Of course, exactly right. But uh, yes, even, even, even as recently as today, somebody said, oh, no, I'll do it cheaper if you pay me cash. And I thought, really, does that still happen? Well, there you go. I must be in the wrong industry. <laughs> so think about how you're employed. Think about your structures. Think about other strategies like making super contributions because you could in that example we talked about before you could draw a hundred thousand dollars out of your superannuation and earn a hundred thousand dollars as a contractor you're going to need to address some strategies to minimize the tax on that income so think about super contributions think about the splitting regulations think about the carried forward legislation if it's applicable think about ways that you can try and mitigate the tax that you could incur because ultimately it's about funding lifestyle and you don't want to jump back on the treadmill of being flat out after counting down the days and retiring, but the temptation of or the lure of more money uh, was too much for you to handle because I generally find that enough is never enough and no matter what somebody has, they could always have more. But the one thing I've learned after 20 years is you cannot get more time. No, that is so true. It's, uh, it's one of those things you, you, uh, you spend it, it doesn't come back. If you spend your money, you might be able to earn some more, mm. but you spend your time, it's gone forever. Correct. So don't be, don't be lured back into something for the, 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 the premise that it will be better, especially if you've just left a department and you want to go back in contracting. Yeah. You know what sort of animal you're going to be dancing with. Um, but it, it's important that people structure their assets correctly because – 
if you can maximise the tax-free proportion of your super, you're going to then put a pension on what you've accumulated. Everything inside your pension account is then tax-free from that point, which is fantastic because if you've bought some CBA shares at $6 and you sell them inside a pension account, you pay no capital gains tax on that transaction. Ooh. So understanding how you're going to fund yourself in retirement and the structures that you're going to use could be very advantageous. And then obviously they can use superannuation as a vehicle to accumulate more wealth because if you do go and work for somebody, right. they have to pay your superannuation guarantee payments under the legislation. Oh, okay. So even so though you're already retired, yep. you're going to get more money going into your super. Correct. That's okay. right. So then people need to think about how their superannuation is structured. So if they had a million dollars in their super fund, for example, they may take $990,000 and start a pension with that money. Yeah. So that there's an accumulation superannuation fund for the payments that you receive from the person that is engaging you to do something where you're an employee. Because under the legislation, once you put a pension hat on your super, you cannot add to its capital value in that structure. Ah. Okay. So in that example I used before, million dollars in super, we convert $990,000 of it to a pension. We leave $10,000 in accumulation phase, and that is where new contributions will go. So you've effectively got two funds. Exactly yeah. right. Exactly right. One of the advantages of a self-managed super fund from a structural standpoint is that you could have two accounts in one person's name under that one umbrella. And strategically, that's where a self-managed super fund starts to really come into its own where you are going to draw an income stream from part of your benefits and then have considered going back as a consultant or a specialist or just doing some part-time work at Bunnings because you want to get out of the house and you need somewhere to put more super. Or you've taken a position at the local TAFE teaching people creative writing because you've been bullshitting all your life. There you go. Yeah, that's Happy how days. you do it. Exactly. And we've got Roger on the phone who would uh, like to know something about uh, alternatives to contributing to super. Hello, Roger. Hello there, uh Thank you, uh, Leon, Luke. Um, yeah, my situation is I'm 75 now. I, I've got a, uh, a small business. I'm a sole trader, uh, just part-time, but I'm still earning income from mm -hmm. that. And um, in, in the past, yeah, I was able to put some of that into a super fund mm -hmm. that, uh, and then use the uh, some of that yeah, to offset my tax, uh, tax payments. Mm -hmm. um, but now that I'm 75, as I understand it, I can't contribute Mm -hmm. uh, even though I've made the work test, I, I can't contribute to yep. super anymore, and I'm just wondering what I should do now with that additional money I get from my business. Well, I'd be thinking about trying to accrue it in a structure that would have a concessional tax environment, depending on how you have the rest of your assets inside or, or outside of super, depending on what you're working with. You could accumulate money in your wife's name if you have a, a, a wife or a partner you could use something yeah. like a family trust it's it's going right. to be difficult because where you can consider making super contributions that's advantageous obviously in your situation that's it's not available because of the legislation so i'd be looking at tax effective structures that you could either choose to distribute income to other people such as something like a family trust or in a, in a spouse's name where they may or may not be working because they're going to be able to take advantage of the marginal tax rate thresholds that we spoke about a little bit earlier. Um, yes, yes. Well, well, my wife is not working. And, uh, in fact, she's, as from this year, she's not paying any tax um, because of her, um, her comp super 
uh, play, uh, super is very, very low. Um, so, uh, yes, I could put money into her name. Mm. Um, I've talked to the banks, but you know, you've got to push and shove every three months to get a bit of a bonus interest. Well, that also depends what you're going to buy. You know, so risk risk yeah. is a slightly different discussion. But if you're going to accumulate assets in her name, I'll be using her name over your name if you're still working. And then whatever you decide to to purchase to generate some additional income, you could take advantage yeah. of her marginal tax rate and the overall position that her comp super tax position would create. So that's that's where I'd yeah. be shoveling it for now because you the government's cutting off your opportunity. So I think I'd make the most yeah. of that one, and you'll be you'll be off to the races. Right, Roger, thanks very much for the call. Hopefully that has helped. Uh, obviously, uh, we've uh, only got a few minutes left now. It's about uh, about five minutes to five. So before we go today, Luke, let's mm. wrap it up. What are the key tips for people who are thinking about going back to work? Yeah, I think the most important thing is don't, don't discount the value of what you have done your working life, especially if you specialised in an area. Get what you're worth. I think if you're going back to work because you want to, I think you've got a lot of leverage in relation to what you charge when you're considering hourly rates or, or wages if you're in a position to negotiate them. So be strong. Don't think that you know you need the job because you probably don't, and that's where you can actually go and ask for what you'd like to receive in relation to remuneration. I think about the structure that you use. So are you going to be a sole trader like Roger, or are you going to use a company or a trust, or are you going to be an employee? understand the superannuation implications of that because in some situations you'll get paid super if you're going to be a sole trader you may gross up your hourly rate to allow for super so understand your options in relation to the way that you're remunerated use structures that will allow you to distribute income if it's possible speak with your accountant about having that set up correctly because if you do continue to receive a significant amount of money you want to have control think about maximum superannuation contributions where you can Obviously, in the situation we had from Roger where the legislation prevents you from doing that, you've got to look at some other avenues, but use superannuation where possible. Work to fund lifestyle or for large capital items. You don't have to go back full-time. You might do two, three-month stints, and that could cover your trip to a safari park in South Africa. Or your new car. Exactly right. But just remember that going back to work is not a bad thing. And don't discount the value of the, your ability to work as a resource to live and fund the things that you and, and your family want to be able to do because I think it's underutilised and where you have a specific skill set, there's a, there's, a, there's a group of young Thundercats coming through that think they know everything. Oh, and yes, that's always I think always you could impart some very valuable knowledge and, and mentor some people that the next generation could benefit from. So. Young Thundercats, yes. Exactly. There's always some. Okay, exactly. so where do we go for more information? <laughs> so 62604749, if you're unsure about how to structure superannuation to be able to then maximise your, your ability to work in the future, come and have a chat. Obviously, there's envisionfinancial.com.au. You can go to the Knowledge Centre and talk about access rules and, and, and ways that you can start a pension. We've got the podcast, The Strategy Stacker, where we talk about money on iTunes and Spotify. And more importantly, we've got Envision Financial Canberra on YouTube, where we put all of the key takeouts from today's discussion in the video so that you can stop it, pause it, take down your notes, and then consider the key things and, and act on them from there. So, Fantastic stuff, Luke. Thanks very much, and we'll catch you again next Friday. Right. See you next Friday.